that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. Now live. Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On the Para-X Radio Network. Listening to the Parax Radio Network, and this is Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole, and I'm here with my most excellent, my most awesome co-host, Jason Colo, and I am Andrea Venomous. How are you doing today, Jason? Doing great, my brother. How are you? Doing pretty good. I could be using more coffee. That's always the. It seems to be the rule for Tuesday nights. More coffee, good. Less coffee bad i know what you mean but it's a fine balance between caffeine and water yeah yeah well let's not talk about that today because <laughs> i've pretty much we'll, thrown that out the window we'll worry about the dehydration tomorrow morning yeah, yeah <laughs> much. well hey before we get rolling tonight just want to let everybody know remember october 6th we're going to be at the crucible in New Jersey. It's put on by the Omnimancers. They're great guys and girls. Great folks. And you want to go to cruisebookconvention.com, get all the info so you can get pre-registered at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Princeton, New Jersey. You also get to get your uh, early pre-order tickets. This is a really cheap convention, guys. Ticket prices are $35 pre-registration, $40 at the door. And if I remember correctly, when I was signing up, it was like $35 pre-registration, but $40 pre-reg gets you dinner that night, too, and that's a great deal. That was pretty good dinner last year, so. We had, um, just on the show, Jason Miller a couple weeks ago, who was going to be there, I'm going to be there, um... We had Arthur Moyer, who is, who is the one who runs it. Uh, he came in the show, talked about it. I forgot who else. Uh, Rufus uh, Opus. Rufus Opus, who's going to be uh, on our show in a few weeks, uh, is going to be there. I'm losing track of... There's so many cool people that are going to be there that I'm losing track, Jason. Losing track. That's okay. You know, um, I would just say, hey... We're going to be there. Isn't that enough for you? Oh, wow. There you go. There you go. Now, interesting enough, we are experimenting with new technology this week, so if we have any problems, please let us know in the chat room. Um, we've got some new headsets, and we're trying a different style of mixing. 
it sounded like it was okay when I looked on the fit on the uh, the chat room uh, although it was not okay in the headphones so I still got a couple technological impediments to get through with this new uh, system well sounds great on my end but hey I'm biased well, I know I know you just love me not in that way either <laughs> But we're two guys in the occult community working together. We must be gay. Oh, you're going to start... <laughs> you're already going to get us in, in trouble. Right from the start of the show. Like, booyah, trouble. Controversy is my middle name. All right. All right, there you go. Controversy is indeed your middle name. So you got quite a bit of information for us tonight. It's something I've seen you teach before. The uh, the fiction of our lives. As sands through the hourglass, so is the fiction of our lives. Well, that that almost seemed like a romance novel. A bro-romance novel, as it were, to go with the theme, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I mean, and this is actually a topic that... Uh, You've kind of asked me to talk about. I've, I've tried to talk about it and on other shows, and it uh, sometimes I, I gave you a lot of resources before the show, and uh, sometimes it just seems like it's so shocking that people don't want to accept it. But it comes down to a simple idea. Um, we must have linear coherency in our thinking. And what that means, this, this is why magical operations are, are sometimes difficult and getting results are sometimes difficult. Because you must have a narrative inside your life that allows for the possibility of magic. If you don't, well, then what kind of story are you going to make about your own life? You know, if your narrative precludes certain things inside your life, well, they're not possible things that could enter into your frame, you know, either from a law of attraction, a hermetics type of view, you know, or from even what you can conceive of doing. And that would seem very simple, but it also kind of raises some flags. I mean, you know, when I was looking at the materials for things like the Holy Guardian Angel, um, and Peter Carroll is one and if you don't know who Peter Carroll is for everyone he basically invented chaos magic um, he wrote Lieber Null and Psychonaut and I teach at his uh, online school Arcanorium and um, he came to a lot of conclusions and he's got more experience than I do but I've seen this as well is that the notion of ceremonial magics holy guardian angel has caused more magicians to explode horrendously than any other concept that is probably out there because people buy into this store they convince themselves that it is absolutely their will to do this certain uh, bunch of things whatever that is it could be anything and it blows up and they cannot get out of it because it's almost like locked down like divine right of story and people blow, will blow up in this process and 
I've always thought that that was maybe not the best way, you know, to describe it. Uh, that really, if you have a lot of psychology background, you realize that even the core components of yourself could be changed with enough effort. Uh, and what we're really describing is a most likely story uh, based on if you elevated yourself at, at the current conditions and didn't make a radical change. Well, that makes sense. The idea that it's a perfected you, but in the mode that you're in concurrently. It is, and but it's ultimately a story, right? And stories have a lot of power. People do not um, give... They, they think because we're in a rational world, a materialist world, that stories have no power. This is not at all true. We do not live in a rational materialist world. That is a story about our world. Um, and in fact, when we look at what stories that story spawns off, you know, we have things like the story of how you should live, right? It's a story. It has a lot of power. You know, I live in a suburb. There is a story of our suburb. You know, there's a story. It's not necessarily always verbalized, but there's a narrative of expectations within the suburbs that we usually break. Well, we do break on a regular basis, actually. Uh, but... I still understand that that narrative is there. My neighbors expect me to act a certain way based on the story and narrative of a quiet neighborhood. And in fact, the fact that I live in a working class, upper working class, quiet neighborhood has stories that affects every aspect of my life in this area. In fact, when we go to work, your boss has certain stories about your what expectations they have about you. From a metaphysical point of view, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise that I'm saying you can then say that's a story about where you're going. In fact, a paradigm is a story to describe how the universe works. Now, that isn't to say that there aren't spirits out there and there aren't uh, other intelligence that is out there. We can get into that argument different. But how we actually interact with them is a story. In mm -hmm. fact, it is a story that has power. And just like now we're seeing that stories have po real power to motivate or even change the course of destiny of a country, right now we have the presidential election and there are two stories emerging both of which have compelling power and will have drastic implications to over our lives and the more if you sit down and think about it and you start going over it and you start thinking about it what part of the life of our life isn't a story you know we we have a narrative that we're following i have a narrative as a magician uh, and i have a people, some people don't know, in addition to my master's degree in computer science, I actually have a writing degree, and there's a certain story that you get from getting a writing degree that you need to go back to school and get a master's degree in computer science so you can live, you know, that. but that's an aside, right? <laughs> it's, it's a good point, though. Um, but there's a certain story, there's a certain structure to narratives, 
except for very avant-garde, crazy literature that everyone goes, wow, this is so cool. What did I read? You know, but that the whole point of that literature is to break convention. The people who are doing it know convention, know the conventions. But all of literature, even all movies, well, most movies, except for, again, the avant-garde, um, tell a certain story about bringing from you from one state to another and they have a coherency and in our lives our subconscious mind must have the coherency this is why when we're doing nonlinear effects by the nonlinear effects I mean magic you have to have a ritual to justify a change in the story you know, or you have to go deep into meditation, and you can have, the story can happen inside your head, like on an astral plane or a meditation, but still, your, your conscious mind needs some sort of literary device, as it were, in this metaphor, to deal with the change you're trying to change in your reality. Okay. Well, let, let me diverge for a second, because this, could this have something to do with why when people feel directionless, they feel stuck, like they have nowhere to go, 99% of the time this leads to horrendous depression? But depression is a story, too. Now, that's not to belittle it. Okay. It's a, it's a story. This is a story with an outcome that is unfavorable, and a details of that story and narrative lead people to believe there is no other outcome but one that is unfavorable. With those details of the story leading to a direction, it is like a Greek tragedy. But you can see it coming your way from the start. That isn't what reality is necessarily. And anyone who has had depression knows hindsight's twenty twenty. when you get over it. You have problems uh, seeing past the story that forms in your mind and then your mind continually loops into other details that become self-fulfilling. Um, now that isn't to belittle it. It's very difficult and if you go into cognitive behavioral therapy what they'll often do is keep throwing things at it until they point out there's more options. You know. In fact, one of the hypnotic ways to teach people confidence is, is a good example of story building in action, right? One of the things you do when you're a hypnotherapist and you're working on an issue is, and I know because I am a hypnotherapist and I, I love it, is you pre-talk with the person. And somebody says, oh, I have no confidence, I can't do anything. Well, that's not true. They got to the office, they tied their shoes in the morning, they successfully drove there. They've done an enormous amount of successful things before even coming to you as a hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. And if you can reframe their story at each step, you can start breaking down the story until you get a different narrative outcome. Essentially, you give them proof that their current story is inaccurate, reframe it in their, in their minds. Then you can insert or have them 
discover a new story which leads to a different outcome towards their own confidence, towards their goals, towards whatever it is. Man, if you think about it, I don't want to belittle doing magic because we love it. But magical rituals in themselves are a story. They're a narrative which sweeps your mind deeper and deeper and deeper to give an excuse to get to a place that allows for the change or communication with the spirit worlds to happen. It is a story that drags you forward. That's part of a bigger story. That's the narrative of your life. Now, when I actually first uh, met my honey, right? You know, it's, some people know we did this Corazon ritual in, in Michigan that went very well. As in physical manifestation, it was crazy. Well, that was a key component of the story of how we got together. It was a necessary literary device, as it were. Even though the ritual had physical manifestations, it was powerful. But in the narrative that I was living, it was that powerful of a ritual was a necessary device to move the story forward of what I was trying to go for. Well, is it fair to say in said example you had <clears throat> two towers crumble, two people living two lives to mesh them together, the, t the towers had to fall? Well, that, the real whole point of the ritual was for the towers to fall, but yes, but even the tower falling is, is a story, right? What does that mean? Well, you know, as you've been with me, you've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of things of what that means, okay? This doesn't divorce the magic from the psychology. It doesn't um, get rid of it. It's something that we all have to have at every point. It's kind of like our subconscious mind will block things that do not have a coherency. It's not to say that it'll block magic, because you can condition yourself to believe that magic is in fact real, and it will work. You can also work with spirits and get weird effects that will condition you that their spirits are real, to produce an effect, to produce a reason for why the change. But if there is no reason for why a change comes out, and it doesn't fit into a narrative, the subconscious mind, being ultimately a great magician, will stop the life changes. And in fact, if you try to make a change without putting into a narrative of change, even without magic, people will find uh, there's a great resistance. Usually people develop the narrative of changes before they even make the change. They will actually do this internally, they will understand it, they understand what's going on, and they will make a narrative of change inside their own mind and the steps they have to follow before they even have made a decision to go that route. So inside their head they've already created a new story for them to go down. Um, this is a kind of powerful idea because if it's true, if, one, if you buy what I'm saying, and I, I hope you, do, you will, if you buy it, you can understand that almost every part of your life is a story, and you can then analyze it with the distance to change the story. And how can we do that? Well, we can do that with 
ritual magic, we can do that with neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, energy work. We can go about setting a change in the story or reframing any component of the story to provide a different outcome of the narrative that we're leading. Well, that's very interesting. Now, let's let's look at an example of that. Where have you... I know you have several exercises you've taught people to change the narrative, put an inter interrupt into it. Well, if, interrupt is a good way to do it, or even a plot twist, to use a less technical term, right? Sure. So, you know... Let's say we have a, a narrative of somebody who right now isn't doing so well, you know, their parents had a narrative where they didn't ever get to, through high school, you know, they themselves got through high school, but they never got through college because, you know, they're not from a smart family, and um, that narrative keeps playing over and over and over as they're going on. Well, what's one way you can interrupt that? Well, right from the start, realize that's a story, an expectation of what you can possibly achieve. In the sense of the, of, you know, in the sense of sphere of availability, right now, that sphere of availability for that person is limited to the fact that they can't go to college and they won't make it. You know, so what's the first thing we can do? Well, in that example, we can start changing the story to represent things they are doing well how confident they are in other things, how they excel maybe as a car mechanic or something else, you know, that they do really, really well. To point out that this story isn't exactly accurate. Now, oftentimes it's easier to do that in a hypnosis or magical setting. But that's a clear case where once a person understands that they do not have to be limited by that story, you can see them going, oftentimes, be much more successful. They'll, they'll go to school or, you know, and do well. And the same thing with students. Like, when we belittle students uh, and under, you know, when we belittle kids, you know, there's an expectation effect. You know, they ha they get told they're, they're nothing, they're not going to be very good, they're, they're terrible students, and... They believe it because as people reinforce a narrative around us, we are inclined to believe that narrative. That has been proven over and over and over by the Stanford prison experiments, the with Zimbardo, various other things about role-based things. <coughs> but the interesting you, thing is... You know, I see where you're coming from because if someone's not encouraged to try, not encouraged to study or... You know, because you're already predetermining, oh, you're a failure. You can't do that. Yeah, they the buy the lie, they buy the narrative, and they, they play their lives right out into it. But we buy narratives all the time. That's the thing, right? I have Apple computers. Why? Because I'm a sucker, some people would say. But, you know, because I bought the narrative. These kind. Of, this is where the story of our lives, the interconnected story of our lives every single component of our life has a story it really does whether we're fully conscious or not now in that example with the student who was having difficulties I would bet a lot of times if they picked up 
went across country and that student had a teacher who believed in them, they would do great. Or they would do a lot better. Because, yeah, uh, well, because the now, move let, provides the context change. Realistic about it. Um, check your microphone connection. You're breaking up on me a little bit. But... Okay. Sorry about that. Still breaking up, or is it good? Or... Much better. You just kept fading in and out. Um, okay. Of course, there are personal limitations. Okay. Let's just say we have a base IQ. So it's not about going beyond. What I'm trying to think of the proper way to word this. It's it's this idea of be the best that's within your availability of the resources that you have, your your cognitive resources. Well, <laughs> if you look at our school systems, you know, the difference, I would say, I mean, we could chalk it up to intelligence, but oftentimes I would bet that more often than not, it's based on work and how much work or effort people put we're, in. Andrea, we're losing you again. You're fading out on us. Well... Am I fading out on you again? Is it better? Can't hear you, Andrea. Can't hear me at all. Can you hear me now? Nope. Lost you totally. I, I can barely hear a murmur. Uh, technology is great. And and here you come. So whatever you did, keep doing it. No, we hear nothing now. Okay, I don't know if I'm being heard by Andrea or by the audience, but bear with us. We're trying to work out the kinks. I am getting no sound feedback right now at all. Okay, apparently I'm being told that I'm still on the air, and I'm all by myself oh, right now. Can you hear me now? Wait, 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 there you are. Okay. You gonna stay with me? I'm gonna stay with you. All right, man. <laughs> that was weird. Technological difficulties. Can you guys hear me in the chat room? Okay. We're good. We got it fixed. Technological problems fixed. You know... Well, we were talking about this there thing, right? You know? And if you think about it for a while and ask the question of how much does... See if there's one thing um, that you do or that you use or otherwise purchase that doesn't have a narrative and doesn't fit into a narrative of your life. It somehow fits into the story, you know, and if you change the story, some of those things will probably not be useful anymore. So as a computer programmer, it's useful for me to know certain things. As a used car salesman, it wouldn't fit in the story anymore. 
which means there's a, there's sometimes a big cost to move from one story to another, which goes back to what we were starting to talk about, the nature of the Holy Guardian Angel. Like, if that is the vector of aspiration that you've been on for a while, it'll get harder and harder to move away from it, to break free from it. Well, see, okay, just to believe in that, that concept, the Holy Guardian it's Angel, a story. you have to believe in an optimum. Yeah, that there, exactly. There is something out there that's the best that I can be. You know, if I change the narrative and I say maybe the truth is that you are what you are and whatever you choose to do is what you choose to do and there is no higher absolute, that changes that motivation totally. It does. And in fact, that's one of the things that I think early on uh, that people understood that uh, from in the chaos magic circles was why they forced paradigm shifts of a radical nature to basically break your head um, to break the stories down so you could see them for what they are they are stories that lead to certain outcomes you know and the deeper you get into magical paradigms they are stories which reshape reality that isn't to say these things do not exist that isn't what I'm saying at all but how we interact with these things are stories that increasingly can alter our realities. So, if you are in a story that spirits can, in fact, change your personal world or change the world around you, then it is more likely that you would be inclined to communicate with those things to gain some kind of influence or keep them in check or bring the best aspects of things to you through those spirits. You know, if you believe there isn't any spirits, it's kind of like, why would you bother talking to them to make that happen? That Those different stories have consequences on the narrative that we're living. You know, so it's not just life. It is it's coming down to also magical. Um, and in a way, also, like, even a ritual construct itself is a symbolic story. It, it, rituals tell stories most rituals you know they tell a story uh, that story has implied connections there's a certain logic to the ritual well at least when we do it right certainly I mean when other people do it who knows right uh. well you never know right we've been at some that are kind of rough where we're like uh, what was the point of this yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to get us in trouble, though I'm good at that. You are good at getting us in trouble. <laughs> but even within the people's minds who created that, there was a, a story around what they were creating. And, you know, it's just that we could not interface well with the story they created. And that's before we get into any um, critiques of technique or anything like that. But still, that is often why we have trouble when we're not able to communicate with each other is because we're having trouble understanding the story that's being presented. You know, when we do understand the story of another person and we resonate with it, well, that's a friend. that Or that person is, we're friendly towards that person. When it's a story we don't get or is not congruent with our own stories, well, then we push that person away. I mean, 
it really is it's it's self-perpetuating because you are automatically subconsciously drawn to the people who reinforce the story that's already going on in your head right right which is one of the reasons why you always hear me say oh let's let's get together and get all the people together that we know and do magic why because that reinforces the story that magic works that magic is real and opens us up to being interact with the universe in a way where the narrative includes rapid and sudden changes inside our lives because the narrative that we are creating for ourselves allows for those rapid changes well and then <clears throat> an example from our lives where the stories don't always come together well I remember uh, we invited someone to a voodoo ceremony one night and we had this this wild fire going in the ritual room and it was a big ogun ceremony and by the time the ceremony was done this outsider excused herself and said hey I'm gonna go down to the kitchen and get a glass of water I'll be right back well the next thing you know she's running out the back door jumping in her car and taking off because she, her mind just couldn't handle what was going on well that was part of the story of the night right we specifically multiple times asked the person if they wanted to really be part of a, a real magic ceremony, you know, because we were at a New Age event. And there's no problem with New Age events, but, you know, we knew what we were doing, and we explained it. They didn't believe us. Right? Well, in fact, I remember it being said several times, this, this will be a little scary, and this is what we're going to do, and this is why we're doing it, and it's going to get wild. Yes. So it's not like there was any tomfoolery going on. It wasn't trickery. No, no. But there was a certain story inside uh, the person's mind for what wild meant. There was a certain narrative of possibility. You know, and there was a certain narrative with us where we knew what we were going through, but we, the narratives didn't match. You know, it didn't match up, and... So then, well, but we knew that going in. I mean, honestly, we we were kind of like, yeah, let's see if you can take the heat. I mean, that was our attitude. But it's still, and that was part of the story of the night, right? And that's part of the story we're telling now is sort of a, can you really take the heat? Really? You know? And it's kind of a funny story in retrospect because they ran out of the house and stuff. But we knew that probably was going to happen. So it wasn't really like we were surprised when it did and and that was part of the narrative for what was going on in the night yeah it was definitely within our realm of expectation right well yes it was and we we certainly uh, you know because we knew what we were doing we know where they were coming from and you never know that person um may have gotten into it a few years later and decided to really kind of get into magic because of what they saw and you, because you just we can't predict other people's stories because we're inside our own minds. But get rest assured, even if that person was horrified, it had an impact on the narrative after the fact for that person. So either way, you know, e either way, there was a large impact on the person's story um, that might have been a, well above 
like the impact we got from well no we got pretty good results from that one yes so because we both got we were both kind of sick and we both got feeling better Mm -hmm. but we have a story for the people who don't know or are listening a goon is a lua and it was a voodoo ritual and we have certain expectations this is what I'm saying now we know that in our experience we know that we do certain things you know we'll get certain results especially with uh, with a goon we know how to work with them and, and it works very well but if we didn't have those expectations if we didn't know that we would not properly be able to interface with a goon in the first place you know there's all these there's all these little components of a narrative that we're telling about the ritual that our subconscious mind is getting the spirit steps in and has the ability to step in because the narrative includes it and then at the end you know we get the healing that we're looking for all of this is very much in line with the story there's a clear start middle and end to that story uh, that if it was somebody else who did not know how to interact with a goon, they might in fact run out the door like that one woman did. Now, I, w- I want to come at this idea from a different angle. It's the idea of we need continuity. We build up belief systems. Um, people of religious faith build up a belief system and a worldview based around that belief. But when you have cases where people are subjected to outside information, um, let's say not from another person, let's say someone who's a very dogmatic Christian, and I, I've seen this go both ways, sees a ghost, whether it be a loved one who passed away recently, and we'll use that example. Now, some people take that experience and say, oh, well, the dead can communicate with us. I, I spoke with my grandmother last night, and she died three days ago, that kind of thing. Where other people have to reinforce the narrative and say, Christianity has taught me that there are no ghosts, the dead can't communicate with the living, or that it's wrong for them to, so that must have been a demon, a minion of Satan, come to fool me. Absolutely. Now, I, I want to... S- before we go any further, say a couple things about this, because it's a very good story, Jason. First, it's not just our stories that are running. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, so that, the notion that it's all in your head, I wouldn't exactly agree with it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just our stories that are running. There are other people's stories running. And there are potentially events that, as there are in stories, um, are unexpected. Okay, so that's the first thing. However, even that unexpected story and the choices that you yourself just raised fits into a narrative of a Christian narrative. It raises the means of interpreting that event have already been pre-selected based on the narrative that they're in going in. So you gave two more common uh, narrative choices let's say, choose your own adventure for those who are back in the 80s, you know, when we were kids. Choose your own adventure book here, right? Narrative one. It's a demon because you can't talk to the dead and that's what the good book says. Narrative two. Okay, the dead can communicate and I know that was real. 
So those two narratives and which interpretation of the story you pick will choose which direction that person will go and it might have drastic consequences on their life. Sure. You know, for the person who says that the dead can talk and is a good thing, they might decide, hmm, I'm going to go be a voodoo asant, or I'm going to get into this occult stuff, or I'm going to leave the ch church. And the person who says it's a demon might actively fight against Satan in every way they can. Uh, depending on the choice, determines a lot of where the people are going to go. But there's still a continuity. Even though it was an unexpected event, the subconscious mind and the mind has put it into a frame that fits in where we're already at. So, we haven't lost continuity here. It was unexpected, but it fits within the frame of where we're already at. And then from there, you know, from there, the choices of our interpretation are limited to what we can comprehend based on the narrative we've already had. Because that example is a great example to show that, in fact. Well, thank you. Well, you're welcome, you know. Now, along those same lines, man, why don't you take a crack at it? I bet you've seen some strange things where people's stories have taken a drastic turn. Well, I mean, it still fits in within continuity. Now, there are ways to break the continuity, but it's not really breaking. Uh, when you saw me doing, I don't know if you've seen me doing it. You heard me talk about this at Crucible, the Upsell Crucible, last year. Um, I gave a talk on the, on quantum time magic. And t you know, quantum was a bad word. It's not exactly quantum. It was time magic in a real sort of um, shamanic way. And in that, through NLP, and conceiving of a different past, you can rewrite your past, but you're rewriting the memories. What does that mean? It's kind of like a paradoxical going back and rewriting your story so you have a different narrative. Certainly. You know, or you can do a certain ritual which causes you to have a temporal effect that will rewrite the past and then other people have different memories than you. That's when it gets a little odd with the story. But you still have to have the narrative that it's possible to go back and do that. Otherwise, it won't be. It still gives. It still fits in within the narrative that we try to make sense of it. And in fact, anything that happens, no matter how weird it is, we naturally will fit into the narrative of where we're at before that event happens. And other people will fit into the narrative of things around you, too, that they'll try to apply on top of you. So, it's really like, when something happens, everyone will have a story about that, and they'll let you know and try to enforce their story. That's just how we do things. That's just how people are. You know, but then you have a story about it, too. It's not that the continuity is ever broken, it's that our way of our way of um, changing the stories just changes. It's kind of like we cannot function as human beings without this linear story. This is the nature of time for us. 
this is what time does. Now, we, we can all talk about the nature of time and how it's illusionary, but really, our, from a physicist's point of view, going forward in time and backward in time should be the same from all the equations, but it's not, because we have a linear story that leak, puts it all together. And that linear story is something that our consciousness needs to move forward. It is like core at the being of core of the nature of being a human being to have a linear story that we can go from this happened to this happened to this happened to this happened to this happened. Well, isn't that similar to uh, I hate to go default back to the Matrix, but it was this whole concept that when the Matrix was set up, they tried to give humanity a perfect world, but their subconscious minds rejected it. Well, isn't that the nature of the great work? You know, <laughs> we are moving towards greater levels of perfection, which means we have to open stories and narratives that pull us there. Exactly. So if it were just to happen overnight... We wouldn't accept it. We would reject it. And in fact, when people win the lottery, even though they have a reason for why they have the money, their story about money and finances are such that it does not allow them to keep it. In fact, about one-third to one-half of millionaires end up more poor than they were when they won the lottery. Because the stories about money, the stories that the narratives about money that they have had keeps going forward and they, they haven't changed their stories or attitudes or narratives about that and the outcome is the same as it was before they won the lottery that they broke. Well, one one could say that if you're already broke, you can't manage money very well. So if I give you more money and you still can't manage it well, you're probably not going to do too well. Well, it's it's these stories aren't just conscious stories. Not at all. Now, I can look at someone else and go, oh, by the way, look, you know, you're doing this X, Y, and Z. Oftentimes, so many parts of these stories are deeply embedded in our subconscious mind that we just automatically follow the story and the narrative. So we go back to the depression thing. Now, that is a story that has a self-loop self in it that spirals downward that many of the parts of the story are automatic within the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Now, we can also have a story of upward spiral mobility, of happiness, of of things are going to go better and better and better. And often that's a helpful story for a magician, shaman, witch to do. Um, to have a story that you can improve yourself at every stage and that story, if it's compelling enough, that narrative of improvement, of the hero's journey, there's many names for it, will drag you forward. Now that's also the story that we were discussing of the Holy Guardian Angel, you know, but it's still a story that drags you forward, sometimes kicking and screaming, but it's still a story if it's compelling enough, if you have bought the story enough, it can propel you to the greatest heights, or, you know, you can have a story that everything's going to be the same as it is right now, and you will do nothing to make those changes in your life, because that's the story that's going on. It's not, and if you think about it, this is what marketing is based off of, 
stories. It really is. Yeah. You know, this is what uh, communication is based off in a lot of time, persuasions. Stories, why do you buy this car? Well, you buy this car because somebody gave you a story that convinces you. It doesn't really convince you. You're already looking for a car. The only thing they do, they gave you a story of how that car matches your expectations. I'm not in the market for a car. It's just an easy, uh, you know, analogy. Likewise, when we get into a relationship with another person, it's because that we have a narrative of what we expect and that person is close in some way to the narrative that we have running in our mind. And I bet if everyone thought about it, when they think about a significant other or if they're single about what they're looking for, they have a story in their mind. It might just be an image, but there's an image with how that person behaves, what you expect, all of these things are there. And understanding all this idea of a s stories as opposed to the way it is means that any of those things are changeable. You know, so you can have a story about what is your ideal lover and change it radically through hypnosis, through ritual, through what do you call through um, NLP, through energy, any of the above, you can radically change a story or even just sit down and change details of the story in your mind. All of that is efficient. Once the story has changed, we can start working towards that different outcome. You know, if you want to be more successful, you know, as a general thing, you can change the story of where you're at to look at how many ways you're already successful and then and then look now that I have all these ways that I am so successful already what could I do if I can't fail because I won't fail on a long enough timeline these are all the kind of easy new age uh, kind of platitudes are out there but when you really realize that they're if you really change the story, it will work. Now, that's where we get into ritual magic, this form of magic, this form of magic. It's all means to change the story in a lot of different ways. Different mechanisms with stories attached to them about how they work. You know, because we are really just a collection of stories running through, you know, the world, trying to understand each other's stories. But Andrea, stories. don't don't you have to combine this with work ethic? I mean, okay, it's it's easy to play the mental game. It's easy to say I'm going to sit down and dream up a new narrative for myself. Well, if you don't work at it, you aren't committing to the story, are you? You're you're mentally masturbating. I mean, let's face the facts. Really, if you're going to live the story as opposed to dream up the story, that means you're actually working on it. Your subconscious mind isn't going to buy it if you say this is a new story and don't do anything about it. I mean, it's just incongruent and it's going to throw away the story. That isn't really a story. That is a simica of a story. By story, you're, you're correct. You have to live it. You have to go out and live it. If there's a story about you being more successful and you have a clear outcome and you don't go through the steps of the story and complete the narrative process and by by this I definitely mean you know there's gonna be parts of the story where you struggle where you keep moving forward where you're doing all this stuff that's all part of a good story a story that has a definite linear movement 
it's all part of it. So you're absolutely right. If you just sit on your butt, that's what you're going to get. Because that's not a story anymore. The real story of what's going on there is you're sitting on your butt. And creating the story of I will be a more social person actually requires, okay, and to be a more social person, I'll go out to the bar Saturday night. And well, I won't just go out to the bar, but I'll sit down and talk to the first person I see. Or you could decide you don't like bars and find other opportunities, which is all all stories. Or you could decide to reframe the whether or not you like the bar and work from there. I mean, they're all different ways to do it, and it kind of depends on, as we're saying, exactly what things you're okay with in your story and which things you're not. And which things you want to attract or which things you don't. And you can control each one of those aspects. And in fact, if you get nothing else out of the show, understanding that these stories are in place, some of which are subconscious, and understanding that you actually do have a choice right there can change the outcome of the story towards what you would like to go towards. I think this is why I'm such a, a big proponent of um, oh, I'm trying to think of the proper word here not atheism but um, agnosticism the idea of if you go out there and you join a religion partake in a religion you have to pick up you're being forced into someone else's story if you're going to be a part of that but when you go out and you live life and you experiment with what's going on you can pick and choose yeah but you even freedom but even that's a story you're still not getting away from the story you're just picking and choosing parts of a, of different stories inside a story that you yourself are creating it's kind of like a the equivalent of a magical mashup whereas some of those uh, coherence some of those other stories has coherency within themselves so I mean that's still a story, a narrative about how you're going about doing magic that has less internal consistency but it does, it's internally consistent within your mind because of the way you're going about it. You've already provided a framework and there's a bunch of assumptions that go into the story. You know, I uh, read a very interesting take on dealing with spirits here this past week. It was someone suggesting, okay, you, you pick up an old grimoire, some kind of tradition, and you see how the this, this spirit is supposed to react and what it's supposed to require. You follow that as much as you need to to try to figure out how to get into communication with said spirit. Once you establish that communication, sit down and have a conversation with the spirit and find out what it actually does want from you in particular and have a personable interchange with it instead of going by the book. And that's a perfect example. That personal relationship becomes a story on its own. And for most people, they're going to, at least most magicians, they're probably going to weight that personal story even more than any grimoires. Like, if the grimoires is the start of this whole story of the relationships, and relationships have stories. Every relationship does, whether it's a spirit or person. It has a story. You know, you 
met the spirit or person, you have a whole bunch of things that happen, and eventually, even that story has an end, you know, in some form or another, because it still follows that linear narrative, and the relationship, anyone who has dealt with spirits uh, for a while knows that as they get more and more into the work, there is certainly a story around the work that you're doing, you know, I know with no exceptions that there's several spirits that if I go to and ask them for help I'll get what I need and that's a story there's a whole lot of assumptions right around there right around the fact that I can make that statement and there's a whole lot of story behind it there's narratives of the relationship for each one of the things. So in the last couple minutes here, because I think you're capable of this, can you give us an idea of what it's like to try to break the continuity and fail because you didn't let the story follow the logical approach? Well, isn't that what happens when... Well, you know what, if you're... It is, well, I mean, the only ways that I've ever broken a continuity, because our brains are really wired for this, hardwired for this, is when I'm doing really excessive amounts of time magic, and then I still have a coherent story, but it's just a story that doesn't match what other people's stories of events were. So it's in my head there was a coherent story, and then at the point at which I'm doing that much time magic, then there's a reckoning phase. Um, sometimes that happens within deep, deep invocations too, especially with, again, the time magic where I'm invoking uh, other selves from different times or different parallel universes. And then there's a real discongruity in the story. There's like two stories running at once and I have to sort it out. I mean, for and it takes a while to sort it out, to know, well, what is the story and what's not. Eventually, unless I keep working with that modality, with that other self, you know, the story will just go away and I'll forget the details because my subconscious mind doesn't want to have a convoluted, non-complete narrative. Well, it looks like we are almost out of time. Fact, I was, I was going to be mean. I was going to push you further, but we'll save that for some other time. What are you going to push me further on, dude? This is, this is a pretty good answer. Strange supernatural occurrences where two groups of people had completely different occurrences of where you were at a given point in time. Again, that comes back to the weird time magic. Yes. I was talking about, you know, where the stories mismatch based on the time. And there's not much that that's the only place that I've seen it is weird time magic, by the way. Well, let me see. I'm trying to figure out who is going to take over the show. Um, next week, hopefully, we'll have Frater Nick, who is a old school chaos magician who um, has written lots of good materials on the left hand path in chaos magic. Uh, October Crucible, and we'll see you all next week.
or maybe the music won't play and it's going to give me technical problems again. That's okay. We love you all. Have a great night.